0: a so visionary will see something uh, before someone else. They're focused on purpose. They're not focused on transactional stuff. They're focused on connectivity. They're the world, the world thinkers. So that's a visionary. Two, they live in full abundance. There's no scarcity, full abundance, full abundance. No scarcity, no excuses.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Justin. Thanks so much for being here, friend.
0: Yeah, this will be a super, um, (laughs) super interesting interview. Uh, You know, you're from small town. uh, And then people like us are usually aliens within our own family community and vertical. And so you're, you know, there might be one other person from your town that but where you are, in, you know, Silicon Slopes, there's a lot of a lot of visionaries.
1: Yeah. We have a lot. Yeah. Silicon Slopes is a lot of fun. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of these guys on the, on the show. And so it's, it's always interesting to when you talk about like visionaries and things like that, or when you talk about high-performing individuals uh, who find themselves, you know, in that position real quick, let's just kind of go off. I want to go right to the deep stuff really quick because I have a lot of fun doing this, but you know, in your time interviewing visionaries in your time, you know, speaking with these individuals, what are some common traits or like threads that you see in, in these types of people?
0: Well, yeah. So you're a very high into it and then you're curious. Um, so that's, those are two good things. Um, and then just as background, so I'm either spending time with my family or talking to connecting the world's top visionaries, um, and then I've created two companies based on that purpose, connecting visionaries to serve humanity. And then before starting Entrepreneur Journey, I was a journalist for 20 years, so talked to top athletes, uh, performers, actors. And then most of my days talking to folks with uh, ADD, uh, ADHD, diagnosed or undiagnosed, they're all over the place, and then my brain simplifies into patterns. So um the question you ask the commonalities of the traits that's all my brain does is uh, see the pattern in people and visionaries uh, which yeah. self included okay so um i mean there's so many patterns i will say um the two that are the most obvious to me after just basically spending my entire life talking to people like that in- including myself um First one is there are only four things, only four things that separate visionaries uh, from humans, small business owners consultants. There are only four things. Uh, and I'll, I'll give I'll go over them. So one, bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy, two depression, three, highest level of anxiety you can imagine, four likely and/ or possible traumatic experiences as a child, young adult. So human, small business owners consultants, those are excuses preventers playing not to lose and then for a visionary okay figure it out um, that's the motivation so that's most people um cannot be are not visionaries because they make excuses a visionary no no excuse no excuses. yeah okay, so that's one uh almost everyone I talk to is uh, including myself is uh, three of those four things and then the really successful ones are uh, usually all four um no excuses okay and then um uh, you know Again, I, I was a journalist for twenty years. You don't get into that for revenue or office space. I don't really care about any of that stuff. Um, and now run, very thankful to run two global companies that only partner with top visionaries or folks that folks that will uh, become one of those people. And there are three attributes in their mindset. Only three. There are only three because I simplified everything into patterns. So one is they're visionaries. So not business owner. Not not consultant. uh, And visionary has nothing to do with how many employees you have, right? That's that's totally meaningless. So visionary will see something uh, before someone else. They're focused on purpose. They're not focused on transactional stuff. They're focused on connectivity. They're the world, the world thinkers. So that's a visionary. Two, they live in full abundance. There's no scarcity, full abundance, full abundance, no scarcity, no excuses, And then three, this is where the fake visionaries, uh, what I like to call them, they get stopped. A true visionary will only look at things as investments, not costs. So if someone asks, what do you cost or charge? I will never talk to that person again because they are their own preventer with their own scarcity mindset because they think they're a visionary. They think they have abundance, but they look at things as cost, not investment. And a visionary would never look at things as a cost
1: ever. Ooh, interesting. Okay, so I like the last three. Um, yeah. the first, the first four. That's that's, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I mean, myself included. Um, right. That's that's fun. That's crazy because you know my follow up question is always like, all right, so how do people cultivate that? And and I think the last three are pretty easy to kind of understand, right? Like step into the abundance mindset, view things as investments, and then think long-term think like Mm -hmm. you know very very strategic uh Mm -hmm. and so my follow-up question is always like well how do you do that but i don't know if i want to i don't know if i want to talk to people about (laughs) like you know like uh you know what i'm you know what i'm saying so like if if you know if somebody said like because i just
0: asked the question i never overthink anything i just ask
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. But like, uh, it's always funny because you're like, all right, how do people cultivate that? And you can't really cultivate depression or anxiety or trauma, right? Like, kind of just. Sure, you can.
0: Absolutely. You got to. If you're. Tell me one. Well, that's what makes a visionary. They're. I'm in a group called Strategic Coach. Mm -hmm. Very grateful to be in that. Dan Sullivan, uh, co-founder co-founder uh he was in his mid-30s bankrupt and divorced on the same day i mean <laughs> Bank the divorce. okay right now he runs arguably top entrepreneur group and one of our favorite uh, pr partners his grandfather was decapitated in front of him when he was uh, a child he went to hong kong with him and his dad went to hong kong when he was a child with ten dollars in their pocket they created two eight figure companies and he hired a pr firm hired pr firm uh he created an at-home robot to help people with Alzheimer's, dementia, um, Alzheimer's, dementia, Mm -hmm. uh, because his mom has Alzheimer's and dementia. So he created an at-home robot. And so what you said was really interesting because, um, again, I I have zero business background. I didn't know what an S-Corp was when I started first company in in 2017. And then uh, first couple of years was talking to small business owners, uh, still some employees, some consultants, and they were usually zero, one, or two of those four things. Now, as you go higher, they're all threes and fours. I've talked to three or four people in the last two years under less than three of those four things.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's good. That's a good one, man. Well, I think, okay, then the next question should be like, why those four things?
0: Tremendous. No one's ever asked that. And I haven't thought about why it's those four things other than, and this is, this is why I love doing these shows because I learn and I learn in real time. And you, someone asks you the question and then you think about the answer. Yeah. I'll answer it like this. I actually do have the answer, which is really interesting. So I was talking to one of Africa's top entrepreneurs, Dr. Akindele Akintoye. No wait. Akintoye Akindele. Akintoye Akindele. Okay. So, He's lost millions, if not billions, made millions, if not billions. I was telling him about the all four things. I think this mm-hmm. does answer your question. Okay. The four things. And, he, and, he, and maybe now what you're saying, I actually fully agree. With, I don't know if I fully agree with him. So I was telling him about the four things. Yeah. And he said, you had to go through all four. You had to. It was a requirement to transform from pride to purpose.
1: Mm, okay.
0: And I don't necessarily agree with it because I'm three of those four and I'm full purpose. Yeah. I'm the only one knock on what I haven't had to worry about is uh, bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, but now that you ask that, maybe that's the only way to shed the last bit of pride.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you're saying that, and then I'm thinking about it, you know, I asked a question and I have like an inclination about it. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think that's just where grit comes from. So when when you're forced against a wall and you have no other choice and you have to make it work or like... Figure it out. Yeah, you then, then I think you do, right? I think... But I'll most people don't. But yeah, most yeah, people
0: yeah. don't. That's my point is they don't. Right. Most people would choose to be a visionary if they could do it, but they those four things are excuses. They don't do it. That's why they stay small business or right, consultant yeah. or go back and get a job. I mean, that's what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but uh, but there also is a lot of meaning that like I do stand up comedy quite a bit. And I think the best stand up comics always come from most damage. They're more damage
0: than, than they're, all of us. They're more Damaged. They're the only group that I can think of that is as a whole more damage than entrepreneurs. The only
1: yeah, one, yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think, and then then the best ones just they come from that, right? Like they. So you're
0: double damage. You're
1: entrepreneur and
0: comedian. That's really. <laughs> I uh,
1: well, I find that's how I cope, right? Like, uh, right. I find laughed, I find laughing about it. Well, because it's when your I shield, laugh, it's your yeah. Shield. Well, it's a shield, like definitely, but it's also a way for me to like make sense of it. Like, if I can step back and like laugh a bit, then you can absolutely. If you can make sense of it, then you can solve it, right? Like then you well, can. That's
0: a good point too. If you can make sense of the trauma, then you can, and so um, you can solve the trauma by creating something. Man, this is really yeah. interesting. So, okay. So again, all all my brain does is turn everything into patterns. Um, so, what a true entrepreneur, a true visionary is—they're the most damaged person with the best coping skills. The most damaged, the most damaged, but then they have the highest IQ, most grit to your, you know, most yeah. most hustle, highest EQ. Most intuition, no excuses. Yeah, and then uh, I'm sure you talk to a lot of people like this too. But I talked to one to two visionaries a week that have let entrepreneur life destroy their family life or prevented them from anything meaningful because they mm-hmm. take all that damage and those coping skills to create all this stuff, and then they just torch anything meaningful in the process. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely somewhere you don't want to be. In, in right? <laughs> you know that's what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, you definitely got to get to the point where you can, because uh, you've got to have some things. I think, and and the visionaries and and high indiv- high worth individuals that I meet, they find a way. You know, balance doesn't exist. They're fully present in whatever moment they're in. So Ooh. whenever they're at work, they're fully present. Whenever they're with the family, they're fully present. Ooh. So there's no balance. There's only um, presence, right? And so presence. I think that's where I think that's where a lot of people get kind of lost is is like uh you know it's like some of these individuals right who are like they pour everything into their business and everything else kind of like gets lost and um and then inevitably we talk about balance right and and uh i think i've interviewed enough people to come to the conclusion that balance isn't the word that it's more presence that is the word there and uh because you're never going to balance it uh like multitasking doesn't exist
0: I don't know. Right. I mean, right. I literally wrote a book about how to build collaborative global companies while putting your loved ones first. And my wife is transitioning yes. out to pediatrics. She's the COO of Second Company. And mm-hmm. um, we're about to be named one of the top five masterminds on planet. So... um
1: but do you, think do. It's, do you think it's balance, or do you think it's like, just like when you're with your wife, you're with your wife, when you're with your company, you're with your company. And My then wife part of the, company. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then I was going to say that too. Like the, and then the people that there's one other argument, which is there is no difference. And that's a fine argument to make. I think.
0: I mean, our, our sons are 11 and nine. They're both maniac visionaries. Like I am the nine-year-old already wants to take over both of companies. So I think, <laughs> and All right. I mean, see this again, this is what I like in real time, but I think to your point, the key is that being present, um, being present and, oh, this is really, okay. So being present, focused on my family allowed the creation of a collaborative global company. I never thought my wife would be like, oh, Hey, I'm tired of hanging out with humans or parents complaining about their children. I want to phase out of pediatrics and be CEO of your company. But I think, by being present and being consistent in the way running both companies that was attracted to her. And that actually created a better life balance for her. Yeah. So this is, um, it's not that we agree to disagree. I think we're coming at this, the, the same thing in different ways and collaborative. Yeah. Ways.
1: Which, which is something by the way I, yeah, I, I uh, always find that is the case. And the more interviews I do, the more i learn there's a funny story yes. that i like to this is when it kind of changed for me but i was watching it, a short video and it was like way back in like man like 2016 or something like that and it was the presidential election and i watched a short clip of this person saying like why i'm not left or right and then he panned to like his bookshelf and i was like uh and so the more that i learn the more that I read, the more that I interview, the more I realize, yeah. like, yeah, just like what you're saying, right? Like, there's many roads, essentially. And it does. so it doesn't really matter, like, the road necessarily, but, but how you no. get there.
0: It's 100%. Well, the, um, one of my good friends, his name is Scott Danner, pure, like, all of my friends. He's a pure visionary. Um, and then I am not an ideator. Uh, almost everyone I talk to is there an ideator, shiny object, ADD. Uh, ADD is not a disorder. It's a sign of genius mislabeled by humans, but once or twice a month, someone like Scott will say something truly transformational and then I'll write it down and then it becomes a a way of life and then a chapter in a book or something. But so what he said was every meeting is an opportunity for mentorship, every meeting. So I go into every meeting, uh, with the approach of, it's an opportunity for me to be mentored by someone. And then for me, hopefully to provide something that could be of value to someone else.
1: Yeah yeah well and i mean when you approach conversations like that i think i think something beautiful happens uh in my experience when both parties like with these interviews right like if i approach the conversation knowing that i don't know everything and then the person's kind of in the same boat and we're trying to work towards the truth i think those conversations make something very special uh I, I, i i i've turned down podcast guests uh before who who just want to like (laughs) and I'm like, well, you know, uh, I've interviewed just as many, if not more people than, than the next person. Right. And I've always found that, like, I think it's, I think it's something very humble about even the, like some of the top people now, and I, by the way, I'm going to stop and pause right here. There's a dichotomy that I think that I think should be recognized. And that is like some of the biggest visionaries. They are humble. They, they do take advice. Oh, absolutely. And then, and then you do have like these people, you know, in the same breath, they're like some of the most insecure people, some yes. of, like, <laughs> like everybody's kind of out to get them kind of thing. And, and I think it's a very interesting place to be and, and a very interesting conversation to navigate. One of my favorite books is the 48 laws of power by Robert Greene. Robert
0: Greene, mastery, second favorite book, third, yeah,
1: favorite. mastery is yeah, a good one. I like the 33 strategies of war, 48 laws of power, I like those books. Very much in my collection.
0: So this is what I mean, like, yeah, um, we've never talked. I mean, we've talked online, but we've never met or talked before like this. But it's all like it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm guessing you've read *Man's Search for Meaning*. Um, if course. you haven't, okay. Right. Um, the second favorite, my master used to be number two. But the second favorite book now is uh, Outwitting the Devil, Napoleon Hill. Most people know Think and Grow Rich. To me, Outwitting the Devil is a thousand times better for a visionary. Like,
1: yeah, I like Outwitting the Devil. The the Think and Grow Rich isn't one of my favorite ones, but
0: oh, oh so God. where you agree with that? Yeah, that's hilarious. I mean, yeah, but that yeah, that one's like the one that um, like a true visionary, Outwitting the Devil. That is the that's like the yeah, that's like the key. It's like unlocking all these doors of of visionary power that you wouldn't necessarily expect, but it really, it's like a guidebook for visionaries. And then Man's Search for Meaning, again, for this is for your audience. For those who have not read Victor Frankl, Man Search for Meaning, he survived the Holocaust. His entire family was killed. He lost all his life's work and he found meaning in that. Yeah. So like if there's anything to take from this show i, I mean please read that I, you know please read that yeah it's a good book <laughs> please <laughs> that is a that's the ultimate and i um i think why why i'm saying that is like so there are 34 uh Gallup Clifton Strength Finders, G A L L U P Clifton yep. Strength Finders. Um, okay, so you, um, by the way, I'm very high in self assurance, so I don't have imposter syndrome. A lot of entrepreneurs are very low in in self assurance, so they're yeah. they that's why they have imposter syndrome. But people, <laughs> like them. but anyway, um, I am uh, dead dead last in empathy, dead last. However, for visionaries who don't make excuses, I have endless empathy, like beyond like. It's like yeah. I stop talking because, like, I get so uh, immersed in in their pain. Like, I feel it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, man's search for meaning is like the ultimate. That's the ultimate. No, ex- the, the that's the ultimate. No excuses. The ultimate of ultimate.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it's uh, interesting. I like those book. I mean, I like that book. I, I was introduced to that uh, through, you know, my my Stoic philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always like to put a caveat on that. People who've listened to this before, might've heard me say it, but I always tell people I heard about stoicism before it was cool. My mother <laughs> introduced us at a very young age to these ideas. Yeah, this,
0: this calmness from you came from some, like, um, have you done your IQ? Have you ever done it?
1: No, I've, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I don't okay. know how to
0: do it. Like you don't have ADD or you do? Do you have, I do have ADHD?
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah no I and by the way I've always thought too that uh, ADHD one of the things that I I discovered about ADHD um, mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to talk to uh, other people about this but um, it's like the special ADHD intuition you, right Yeah you're familiar Yeah Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah 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 man that that and that's why I don't like when I was diagnosed I was diagnosed as an adult with ADHD um, and I have like I help with like mood stabilizers uh Mm -hmm. and those kind of things but but as far as like when they were like hey let's try like stimulants i was like no way because that'll turn off like my 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 favorite thing which is my adhd intuition which is like going to a room or like Mm -hmm. sit with a person and just be like like i know who you are now (laughs) okay
0: yeah thank you for um well you're like a stoic add um that the um I just put it in the chat, but, uh, Mm -hmm. Dr. Doug Brackman, uh, he wrote the book Driven, um, which is like the definitive book on ADHD. He's become a good, good friend of mine. Um, Yeah. Uh, so there's a, I am driven.com. There's a five minute assessment that's free. Um, yeah. And he's, so the typical human is a small gray circle. The typical driven is a giant, you're a, you're a, you're a giant red circle for sure. (laughs) and then i sent him well so i sent him mine and he was genuinely confused in a good way he's never seen it um so uh, my intuition one of the things is intuition my intuition like yours is like it's completely off the charts um yeah. but uh uh i'm actually less bored than an average human <laughs> uh, because I never leave my zona of genius ever, which is uh, spending time with my family and connecting visionaries to serve humanity. Most people like us are like bored all the time because they're like shiny object, shiny object, shiny object, shiny. Yeah, object.
1: yeah, that's right.
0: Right. And I'm not like that. I'm, I only have two shiny objects, family and network.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think uh, what's what helps curb the shiny object thing is like what you said, just just staying in what you're good, like staying in your realm of genius right like
0: and you learned that from a young age of calmness and peace
1: yeah yeah I think so like I, 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 I am really. I'm always a I'm always a weight guy like like uh like patience you know what I mean like I think that's what and and mm-hmm. by the way I remember when I was learning about uh, when I had when I was like diagnosed but I've I've loved stoic philosophy like I got it tattooed on my arm right like this is mm-hmm. something that I really enjoy Uh, and I remember being in an ADHD group and saying like stoicism has really helped me. Like, I really enjoy this philosophy. And there was one guy who, who pushed back pretty hard. And I didn't really understand where he was coming from about like how he was like stoic philosophies and like ADHD, they don't mix. And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I was like, dude, they, I was like, they do though. Like they do. (laughs) Well, um, it was an interesting conversation. My uncle had me read, uh,
0: Marcus Aurelius, the prince, um, when I was younger, um,
1: yeah. Meditations.
0: Meditations. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was having this conversation earlier today and, um, this will be kind of long winded, but there's a, there's a point at the end that dovetails and complements what you're talking about. Um, yeah. So people like us, not always, but usually Mary stabilizing humans, not always, but like a teacher, my wife's a pediatrician or a nurse, or, you know, social worker. Okay. So, I have found the equivalent of uh, that stabilizing human in a mindset or a stoic or stoicism uh, type way is to have um, a, a gratitude, grateful filled mindset. Um, it's like it's like a stabilizer for people. Like us. So like the first thing I do every yeah. day is a journal to my wife. What I'm grateful for for her the previous 24 hours without her very bad. Very bad situation. Not good. Not good. Um, and then uh, five days a week, I've, I've already included this and that, but I do a, a grateful journal on LinkedIn when I'm grateful for mm-hmm. the, the previous, uh, that, that day it's, it's like a commercial for other people. And yeah. uh, when you're constantly grateful, it's hard to be ungrateful, but again, it's like a stabilizer. It's like a mindset stabilizer. Stoicism. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think so. I mean, I mean, gratitude is one of those big ones that people miss. Um, and uh it, it is very powerful. I think it just shifts your mind to focus on things that are happening to you and right. Or right. excuse me, if for. It, for you and not to you. Yeah, exactly. I think it, it shifts that focus, but that's a big shift. Like that's a, that's a really important shift that not a lot of people make. Um, mm. because it's really easy to be like, you know, focus on what you don't have. Um,
0: no, 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 no. Yeah. So, okay. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. So, I strongly feel you're either born top visionary on planet or you're not. Um, I think most people choose this. But again, those four things, excuses. If you yeah. are born like this, which it, I, I think, I mean, it's rare. I mean, visionaries are very rare, usually aliens within family, community and vertical. But if you are born like this, um, you can work on that mindset every day. And a visionary will do what it takes to to do that. They will. That's the point is they won't make the excuse. They'll do it.
1: Right. Well, and you know, what's interesting. This conversation kind of brought to light another angle of it, um, which is one of the things that I've really enjoyed. One of my favorite authors is Mark Manson and he's only written like, he wrote two books and then ghostwrote another one. But um, one, in one of the books, you know, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, he said, <laughs> it's not about, the the question isn't like how bad do you want it it's like what are you willing to suffer to get it or like pay the price pay yeah the yeah price. yeah and i and what's interesting is you brought up those four traits um and so for somebody who has those four traits uh that's like what do you like that's not really a question anymore it's kind of like well my life is like you know what i mean like what is this a, what is this another way you know what i mean right <laughs> so it's like let's just go for it cuz like it's not going to get any worse <laughs> or, or, or not. I, I yeah. still,
0: I yeah. mean, I know most people don't go for, that's the point. They don't. Right. Right.
1: Right. And I think it's because they get caught up and, and they, well, they don't have the experience. They don't, they, they don't, don't have those they don't have the,
0: no, they don't have the IQ or EQ. They don't.
1: Well, yeah. And I think it just gets like, once you go through something traumatic and, and you resolve it and you come through it, right. Then everything else is kind of like, all right, well, we can do this. Like I did that. Right. Um, that's the, you never,
0: That's the EQ. Yeah. But if you don't have the EQ to understand even what's going through, um, I was talking to my friend, Lee Brower. He's a, he's a, oh man, great visionary. And um, I haven't done the research on this, but he was, he was talking about something called XQ, which is experience quotient. And that's essentially like, if you have the IQ and the EQ, the emotional quotient, then you can, then the, the experience quotient, the X quotient is like the, it's like the next level. It's like you yeah. go through all this experience because of all this pain and all this trauma and then you just learn from it. You just you experience how that feels and like okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's and an opportunity. It it's an op- it's an opportunity. Well, uh yeah. one of the chapters in Epic Life, uh the latest book Epic Life is uncertainty is an opportunity to collaborate. So, the awesome. uncertainty, the oh, COVID cast. All right, so you created a show to connect people. I created a <laughs> second company that's about to be named one of the top five masterminds on planet that only connects visionaries to serve humanity. But that's what you that's what you do because
1: it's an yeah. opportunity to collaborate. Yeah, well, of course. And then and then well, I but not though.
0: Most people don't say, of course. That's my point. Of course, for people <laughs> like us, yes, obviously. Duh. But that's not the right. grand most people don't say, of course.
1: So so you said something interesting and I want to push back just a little bit just to explore it though. Just to explore it. Okay. So you say you got somebody who's born a visionary or they're not. Yes. Um, does it happen late? Can you discover it later in life that you are a visionary? Maybe you uncover some of these things and.
0: Well, okay. So <laughs> first of all, that's not a pushback. That's a, that's a perfect follow up question. So yeah. um, I started first company, first company, six days after turning 40. Uh, I'm 46 now. So six days after turning 40, after job salary as a journalist was cut in half, I couldn't find a job. And then I'm like, oh, I'll just just incorporate. I don't know anything about business. (laughs) Um, So, but I was always this person, meaning like, so when I was a journalist, I was an entrepreneur who happened to be a journalist. I just didn't know that until becoming an entrepreneur. So again, people like us are usually aliens within our own family community and verticals. The only people who understand us are top entrepreneurs. So when I was... uh, journalists I was writing about and connecting cool people, changing the world. And then journalists who are journalists write about like taxes and politics and crime. I'm like, I don't even know what you're like. So they were looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what are you writing about all this negative stuff for? I didn't even understand it. So, so I think to your point, folks might not be aware they are this, but you're either this or you're
1: not. That's fair. I, I I can appreciate that, and the reason because I, I grew up in a town in the small Midwest, right? And uh, and there are some people. I I think what this turns into, uh, and I think is a dangerous way to turn into, is like how you find happiness, right? So I know a lot of people who make like the average income in my hometown even today is 30000 $30, dollars a year, yep. and I know some uh, some of the happiest people, right. And so I don't I don't know I think if you wherever you find happiness if you if you're a visionary oh. you're going to find happiness there if you if you're not it's well, okay like yeah Let's combine
0: right? it. Let's combine it. Let's yeah. combine Okay cuz this is again first time we've ever talked in detail. So Yeah. There are only two 10x things I care about. Only two. I don't care about revenue, employee account. I don't, that's transactional business owner stuff. I've never cared about that. Funnel stuff annoy, annoys me. I don't care about any of that stuff. Okay. Yeah, right. Two things. This is simple logic, simple logic. Okay. Logic with visionary maniac combined. So 10X number one, experiences in life with my family. If you have a good family life, you have a good life. If mm-hmm. you know someone from your hometown or anyone who has had a good family life that has not had a good life, I would like to meet that person. I don't care if they're a visionary or not. If you know someone who's had a good family life that has not had a good life, that is I haven't met. I mean, all I've done is talk to people. I've never met anyone yeah, like that.
1: Okay. And,
0: okay. Well, thank you. And then two, 10xing network on a global level. When you increase your network on a global level, it creates endless opportunities for your network and yourself. And I found that all this business owner stuff that so many people are focused on and just winning the wrong game. And they're not happy because they're focused on things that actually don't make them happy. But I found all this business owner stuff takes care of itself with that focus on family and network.
1: Beautifully said. I don't think I need to add anything more to that because I think you're right. I think, I think if you take care of the people around you, they'll take care of you and we a rising. Time, the this people is
0: all around you take care of the people around you. They'll take care of you. That's beautiful. Simplification.
1: Yeah. I, I genuinely believe that. Like, I think if you just do the right thing, even so there's a tenet in stoicism, the Latin phrase, summum bonum, which is the highest good. So virtue is defined as doing the right thing for the right reason. Right. So it doesn't matter what happens um, afterwards. It, there's no, you know, there's no ulterior motive. You do the right thing because it's the right reason. And, and that's essentially what karma is, you know, you in Christianity, it's called the law of the fast. Or yeah. A lot of harvest and in, in, you know, to our Buddhist and Hindu friends, it's called karma, but it's essentially the same thing. But here's what's funny. You know, I was, I read a book on karma once and they said something funny where they were like, karma doesn't need, like, doesn't need you to mess up to do, you know, to like, karma is not an evil thing, right? It's like, uh, I think the best way I, the best definition for karma I've ever heard was from a UFC fighter Dustin Poirier, after he won a after he won a big fight, he said, "Karma's not a bitch; she's a mirror." Mm. And uh, and I was like, "That's it, dude." <laughs> he said that I was, that was it, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." So when you take care, the people around you are essentially mirrors, right? They're they're the reflection of what you want to see in yourself. So,
0: you're, if you're not a litmus test for people you serve, it's hypocrisy. It's well, so- yeah, and,
1: and so yeah, and it, it, that's a, right. Like you don't you know, if you can't see yourself in that and and what you want to become and and the people around you, if you can't see what, what you want to see, then it's a, you problem, not a them problem. It's amazing.
0: We've never talked in detail before. It's like you're, how old are you?
1: 29.
0: Yeah. 29. There's, that sounds like, but you're, you're like, um, an ancient wisdom. Um, (laughs) my nine year old is, uh, he's a lot like you. Uh, thank you. uh, You're welcome. Our, um, Do you have children yet?
1: Yeah, I have two. You
0: have two. How old?
1: Yeah, my daughter is seven. My son is five.
0: You had your kids young. And is your wife a stabilizing human?
1: (sighs) Yeah. Yep. So what is her profession? She's a stay-at-home
0: mom. (laughs) What is she educated in?
1: Uh, She... Like dental hygiene.
0: Oh, perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's hilarious. That's the first time I've heard dental hygienist. Okay. But, yeah, so, okay, so, like, the greatest joy of this life by far, again, 10Xing experience life with family is that the children get to see this world even exist, and then they can do what they want with it. So, you, you got to see maybe not necessarily this world, but the philosophy that can lead to greatness in this world. You saw that at a young age. And then our nine-year-old, um, both of our sons are, you know, they're highly intelligent, very good children. They're, my wife's a pediatrician, so they like have her kindness and empathy and whatever that stuff is. And then they're maniacs mm-hmm. like me. But the um, the nine-year-old when he was eight, his name's Chase, um, we were talking about, spending time in IQ. Um, and then uh, Chase provided the single best definition of what life actually is that I've ever heard um, ever. Um, and then all I do is talk to brilliant people like you all day. But- <laughs> so he, this is when he was eight um, about six months ago. So he's, he considers life one long, great day. So there's no um, November or Wednesday or 2023 or whatever I mean whatever that is um so yesterday's before you're born tomorrow's after you die um and then he said cuz he's a, he's a simplifier like you and me for sure and you're definitely a simplifier but um
1: yeah
0: um uh so he said there're only two ways only two to have a great long day only two one create more living things the fundamental purpose of any living thing is to create more living things if there was an argument against that there'd be no life but feel free to not you, but anyone <laughs> feel sure. free to. Art. So that can be a child, a foundation, a company, a planting a tree, flower. I don't know. Create life. Yeah. Two, do what you like to do and what you're good at, and keep getting better at it. Like real Nightingale said, success is progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So keep getting yeah. better at worthy ideal.
1: It's a great way to think about it. Then you don't. Then you don't get caught because. Uh, yeah, no. we're just we're just bouncing back all the things that have taught us our our mindset. But yeah. You yes. know, depression, depression lives in the past and anxiety lives in the future. So if you just think about Ooh, it, interesting. It, yeah. Change my view of how well,
0: we're... it makes sense. Depression lives. Oh, that's really interesting. I'm going to talk to my kids about <laughs> it. Well, maybe not depression. I won't use that word, but
1: sure. That's fair.
0: Lives in the past, but anxiety is in the future.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you think about it like, I mean, it certainly makes sense in my life. You know, I, I'm not a therapist or a psychologist or anything, but You're when not. I think about that phrase, when I heard that, I mean, I heard it from a therapist, but right. when, I, when I, you know, thought about that, um, it definitely my anxiety. And, and so I curb my anxiety, uh, by, Oh, who said that? Was it, Oh, was it like Mark Twain or who said that? He's just, you know, if you, if you, uh, Oh, worry just means you suffer twice. Worrying just means you just suffer twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or like that guy who said, I've suffered a lot of great, I've he said, I've suffered a great deal of things in my life. None of, none of which have come true. <laughs> like come to pass, right? Like you just like get this in your head. Like I'm going to, you know, all these things. And, and then, and then you have to really train your brain through experience that like, no, 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 this hasn't happened yet. It's not here yet. Like, and by the way, uh, another great stoic, Tenant that I live by is, is uh, the, the Latin phrase would be premeditato malorum, which is the premeditated, uh, the premeditation of evils. So I kind of, I, I approach life with a counterintuitive uh, thought, which is if the worst thing that if I do this and the worst thing that happens, like an investment, right? If I do this investment and the worst thing happens, I, I lose it all and I don't ever get it back. Like, will I be okay? If the answer is Yes then I'm, then it's it Then I'm in. Right. Like if I can't get to the yes answer yet, then I, then I don't do it. Right. Because once you get to the point where like, look, the worst thing that's going to happen, if I knock on this door and ask this person to buy, they're going to, they're going to tell me to F off. They're going to slam the door. They might call the cops, like all of these things. Right. And uh, if they do that, I'll be okay. Like it might be a pain, but I'll be fine. So if that's the answer, then knock on the door, get it done. Well, yeah 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 then you're fine
0: (laughs) well there's two things um two two things from that too
1: yeah
0: um um so this is my litmus test for what you just talked about or, or or visionary so my father was um he was 61 61 when i was born uh he was born in 1916 and um he was a world war ii hero uh shot down multiple times in combat many times without a parachute and he would just get back and do another plane. So, okay. So that's what you either can do that or you, or you can't. Okay, So most people can't do that. They're not. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then two, a question I receive all the time is, so what do you worry about with, what do you worry about with your company? I go nothing, I go, nothing. And they're like, well, what do you worry about? I go anything happening to my wife? And that's a, that's mm-hmm. what I actually genuinely worry about. But the business stuff, I mean, that stuff will take care of itself. But if anything happens to my wife, that's a significant problem.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I named my daughter. I gave my daughter a very specific name to help me remember that. My uh, her, name's, her name is Lily. Comes from Matthew chapters, the end of Matthew chapter six. So if you're familiar with the Bible and that specific chapter, that's when... Um, Jesus is teaching and he says, uh, consider the lilies of the field, how they toil not. Um, and I, and I, and he says, and I say unto you that even Solomon arrayed right in all of his glory was not designed like one of these. And so how can you, so how can you, you know, how can Solomon or, or excuse me, and I'm paraphrasing now, but how can this flower that's cast into the oven tomorrow, right? It grows and then cast into the oven tomorrow. Um, like how, how was that so beautiful? And then your father would forget you. And mm-hmm. so at the end of that, the end of the, the paragraph there is, uh, take ye therefore no thought for the morrow for the morrow will take care of the things of itself. So G her name is a reminder for me to stay in the present. Cause that's essentially what that, what that was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. We are so similar in different, um, <laughs> the oldest child uh, Jake he's named after my wife's grandfather who was a very great strong man and then mm-hmm. uh his middle name is Mike after my dad and naming a name is so important a name is and then um uh Chase Chase is uh, the Hebrew word Hassan which he is named after is uh it means strong mm. strong
1: yes yeah I no I and I come from a culture so I'm Polynesian part Polynesian uh, no kidding. What? Polynesian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the
0: joke. LDS. Are you LDS? Yeah,
1: I am LDS. Yep.
0: You are LDS. Oh God, the best oh. entrepreneur religion. Let me see. I have the Book of Mormon here somewhere. Where is it? Oh. <laughs> are you practicing LDS or left? Yeah.
1: No, 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 no. I'm practice. I practice. Love the
0: LDS. Where is my Book of Mormon?
1: Yeah, those uh, those uh, missionaries, dude. They those door knockers. Where did you do your mission? Uh, I served in Saint George, Utah.
0: Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? You didn't go to some, you didn't go to some <laughs> world. You're the only was, person I've ever met who did a mission in the United States.
1: Oh, there's quite a few of them, but, uh, but it was foreign to me. I mean, I'm from Iowa, man, the the culture between here and the Midwest is completely different. Like it was a, it was a shock for me. I'd never seen mountains. Yeah.
0: I was just out in Jackson Hole uh, last year.
1: Yeah, I like never seen mountains and then I'd never met a, a like a community like that. And I serve right. mostly on college campuses, but.
0: Okay. Let me, uh, this is, so again, I know a gajillion LDS. I know a gajillion <laughs> LAPS LDS. They're really interesting. Um, I know a. <laughs> what did you, what did you call? A, a LAPS LDS. So he was a oh, drug, yeah, 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 yeah. Dr- former Mormon drug dealer. Um, so he was raised with a Mormon Ideology and then,
1: yeah, elapsed. okay, laps, Mormon. That's actually really,
0: yeah, lapse Oh, I know in Utah. I know a lot of them, but um, fair. the um, and then, um, um, the why I was in uh, Jackson Hole, I'm part of this, um, uh, it's a foundation where we're repurposing, uh, we're basically saving the ecosystems in the United mm-hmm. States. So the first piece of land was this that we toured was a hundred thousand acres, a hundred thousand acres. That's one seventh the size of, um, of, uh, um, Rhode Island. So it was, and we were the only people out there. And then, uh, most of the folks in the group are, are on the board. I'm on the board, uh, are LDS. I am not LDS. Um, but sure. I kind of am. So like, um, uh, uh, I was raised Jewish, um, and then, uh, Jews and Mormons top two, top two entrepreneur religions. Cause you're, you're pushed to the brink yep. near extermination, go off into the mill and nowhere. So you figure it out, and then, and then uh, yeah. I was talking, I was talking to, um, I, I talked to a lot of LDS folks and he goes, oh, well, there's a, there's a fundamental difference between, um, fundamental difference between Jews and Mormon. I'm like, oh, tell me, I want, I just want the answer. Right. Like, give me that, give me the answer. Yeah. So he's like, now this is him saying this, not me. Okay. I'm just telling you. It's so, right. <laughs> like, okay. So I just want to make sure that, okay. So he's like, well, the Jewish folks are focused on, um, law that, uh, you know, finance, uh, you know. The entertainment business, transactional, transactional stuff, and he's like the Mormons. They're focused on uh, relationships, relationships. You know, Mormon mission. You knock on five thousand doors to find five new Mormons. Yeah, that's and, right. oh, oh, thank you for telling me that. I'm a Mormon, <laughs> and then I'm like, and then, and then I had another conversation with um, with um, he's half Jewish. Um, and but married to but married to a Mormon, okay. Married to a Mormon, okay. So, so just think about that for a minute, okay. So, yeah, that, that and then it's fascinating, right? So, um, so then we were talking about religion because it always goes back to religion. Always, uh, the entrepreneurs, like I mean, all these entrepreneur groups invest a lot of money in them. All these breakouts, we always talk about religion. All every time, it's really fascinating. Yeah, very
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, religion's just like an entrepreneurial operational system. That's what it is. Okay, so so. So then we were talking and then the Mormons are like the best sellers, the, the fastest growing religion, sell, sell. We want you. 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 The Great. Fine. Yeah. The Jews, they don't want anybody to become a Jewish person. You know how hard you have to work. Like you have to beg to, to, and then, um, cause so the, the Mormons are the best sellers. The Jews are just the buyer. They don't <laughs> care if you join or not. And that's how I am. I'm like, I don't sell anything. Yeah. You. I mean, people, pay a lot of money to be part of groups and stuff, but I'm not selling anything. I'm right. just a part of the people. So, so I'm a Jewish Mormon Jew <laughs> 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 who almost married a Southern Baptist uh, black woman where I was the only uh, uh, white person in the church. And then I've taken Catholic communion like five, four or five times. So it's like all <laughs> these religions. <laughs> I enjoy,
1: I enjoy yeah. exploring other religions. It's a very, it's very fun. And yeah, a lot of my, I mean, I, I have a lot of friends inside and outside of the LDS faith and, Uh, the the entrepreneurs that I know outside of the LDS faith do have very strong uh, faith that I've, that I've known. I think it's
0: important to have um, one of the chapters in Epic life is, uh, is God winks. Um, I I just think things are meant to be. Um, I'm, I'm always it's very rare, very rare that talk to people like us that they don't believe in some type of higher power.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think there's something very special about it. I mean, yeah. And I don't really, yeah, I'm, I'm agnostic to the point where like, I, I don't really, uh, I don't really care what I, anybody else does, you know, like what they believe or anything like that. As long as we can get it done, like we get it done,
0: you know? Yeah, So you're like a hybrid of, um, you're a hybrid of genetics, culture, religion, super interesting.
1: Well, we had it, we had that, you know, like, uh, grew I grew up Mormon, um, obviously. And then, uh, my, both of my parents were Mormon, but when we lived in Iowa, I was like the only Mormon in my high school. Were they there
0: because of uh, a mission? Is that how they ended up in Iowa?
1: No, uh-uh. so yeah, how we ended up, how a bunch of Polynesians ended up in in Iowa. <laughs> That's a long story.
0: I was going to ask because your tattoo looked uh, looked like Moai, or uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I so I got that. This was part of my uh, yeah coming of age thing, but I I, I enjoyed that. It was a very spiritual experience no my uh my parents I met at byu so the joke i always tell like when i do stand up is like my uh my my dad's russian my mom's hawaiian and that's what happens when your parents meet at byu and then you get these uh this little thing right, <laughs> right.
0: Yes.
1: um yeah so anyway
0: hawaiian Iowan,
1: all over Mormon. done all it. i mean wow done it <laughs> I never know what's at twenty nine. Yeah, crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, because you're like an old soul in a young body, and then you have a. I'm guessing you have a very childlike, like you're like a child uh, with children, like a little kid. That's all. Yep.
1: I'm... Yep. I love kids. I love babies. They're my favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't really like talking to like human adults. It gets really awkward. And <laughs> but, like, I just hang out with my kids and their friends and play football with them, but with like people like you, I'm like the biggest extrovert on the planet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so true. Well, uh, Justin, this conversation went by way too fast. I loved every minute of it. Hey, Hey, before I let you go officially on the podcast, tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can get your stuff, all that good stuff.
0: I challenge your visionary Mormon brain here to, um, because I think it's hilarious how like you have these deep philosophical conversations and at the end of shows you're like can we have your website yeah <laughs> I think there needs to be a better a better thing? To the, someone someone like us to do this where we cut um I mean it's just so ridiculous <laughs> it's so I know it has to be done I get but well, it's, I, so
1: I I mean easy. I this is your show I gotta let, I gotta let you sign up but like
0: thing. we just like talked about <laughs> It's, uh, it's brepicnetwork.org. Brepicnetwork.org.
1: <laughs> oh my God!
0: So funny. Oh God. All right,
1: I love it, Justin. Here, I'm gonna sign off.